Hey, everybody, this is David Harper from the Comics Interview Podcast Off Panel and the Comic Site Sketched, and you are listening to the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Welcome to the Oblivion Bar Podcast with your hosts, Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles. Hello and welcome to the Oblivion Bar Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Knows, and with me as always is a Chris Uh, T-Pain, everybody. He's here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oblivion Bar for episode 42. Uh, yeah, just like my co-host here said, uh, I am Chris Hacker. I am your co-host. And uh, Aaron Knowles bringing, in, bringing us in right for episode 42. You're welcome. <laughs> Usually you have to pay for that kind of entertainment. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> we pay for it for you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Oblivion Bar. Uh, I want to quickly say, Aaron, off the top, before we get into our main topic this week, which is Sweet Tooth, we're going to talk about Sweet Tooth, and we're talking about uh, Marvel's MODOK over on Hulu. I want to quickly say, Aaron, as we say each week, we are on Patreon. If you would like to support us over there, it's patreon.com forward slash Oblivion Bar Pod. And for your contribution, you get have access to a whole bunch of awesome goodies, uh, most notably a couple uh, Discord-exclusive channels. Now, the Discord itself is actually open to anyone who wants to join us over there and just talk about nerdy things. But, uh, of course, if you are contributing to our Patreon, you will have access to a couple of special ones. You will get an extra episode each week called The Grid, where Aaron and I just kind of shoot the shit, as we like to say. You just kind of talked about our lives and the Oblivion Bar and, and whatever we're doing. I think last week we talked about your trip to New Orleans. We talked about... Uh, we've talked well. New Orleans, your fall, you had, a, you had a quick tumble in front of a crowd of people, which is really uh, funny. Yeah. I'm still healing. <laughs> hey, man, you okay? Uh, hey, you okay? You okay? <laughs> uh, it's all the time, my man. Yeah, uh, so the grid is awesome. It's so much fun. I think it's probably the biggest perk as far as Patreon goes. I, I personally, if I was going to contribute to a Patreon, I think that's always the biggest draw is that extra episode. I'm having a hard time discovering or dealing with, am I more excited to record <laughs> the, pot, the, the Oblivion Bar? Or the grid. It's like they're both equally as funny. Yeah, it, it's very different things because the Oblivion Bar is where we talk about the weekend review of nerd things that we're interested in and we think that people, other people will be interested in. Whereas the grid is just us talking. You know, it's just you and I having a conversation generally about, you know, behind the scenes stuff with, with the show and uh, what the happenings of our lives and all that good stuff. So it is a very different show and it's a lot of fun. You also get a special shout out at the end of each episode. We'll, we'll get to that here at the end of this episode for all of our current patrons. Uh, you get our transcript each week. If you want to see what we're going to talk about prior to the show releasing, we, we always release our, our transcript. And if, at our highest tier, you also get a free T-shirt. So a lot of cool things over at Patreon. Uh, of course, your support means more than you know if you could support us over there. So patreon.com forward slash Oblivion Bar Pod. 
Aaron, one more housekeeping bit before we get into our news and notes. I want to quickly talk about our 100th Apple Podcast rating giveaway. So, Woo. yeah, we got 100. We got our 100th Apple Podcast rating, which is again amazing. We appreciate everyone who has took the time to rate us over there on Apple Podcasts. That, is, of course, is how they um, recommend other podcasts: is your ratings and reviews, uh, which is kind of weird. Every podcasting platform has a different way of recommending podcast. And so 100th is a, a pretty big deal. So what Aaron and I decided to do was to give out a Darwin Cook DC, the new frontier absolute edition from my personal collection. Don't tell anybody. Uh, I have a couple copies of it cause I love that story. So I decided to give it out for this giveaway and that'll be running until uh, next Monday, which I want to say is the 26th of June. So uh, as of uh, two days ago, June 16th until the 26th, let me quickly check that date really quick. You'll have the opportunity to basically, I'm sorry, 28th. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to uh, enter in to grab that DC New Frontier Absolute Edition for free. It literally is free. It's our way of, of again, thanking you all for rating us on Apple Podcasts. So, Aaron, unless you have anything else to go over before we get into our news and notes, let's go ahead and do it. I just have one question for you. Okay. Can you hear the person who decided to wait till this very moment to start mowing their lawn? <laughs> no, I cannot hear that. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's move on. News and notes. Alrighty, off the top here, we have our very first teaser trailer for DC Titans Season 3. HBO Max has recently released the first trailer for DC's Titans Season 3, and it looks like they're trying to survive in Gotham City. And it says in quotes here, a city that breeds a special class of criminal, which, who knew? You know? <laughs> who, knew that, who knew that Gotham was so incredibly corrupt and dangerous? It's only in every single Batman story of all time. <laughs> um, it says here that we also get to see Jason Todd uh, being beaten with a crowbar by the Joker, Ooh, which, of course, is a homage to A Death in the Family, uh, which is the famous storyline from the 1980s written by Jim Starlin. And this will be his quick turn over to the Red Hood, which we saw, I think, the first scene that Jason Todd showed up in Titans. We're like, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely going to turn into the Red Hood at some point. They, they wouldn't oh, yeah, introduce... He's, he's, he's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, and that's kind of his storyline. I mean, mm -hmm. it, a lot of people thought when they killed off Jason in the 80s, you know, they had that fan, the, the famous fan polling and the, the mail-in voting that is because he was unpopular. And I, and I wasn't there to know what was going on in the comic world, but for all intents and purposes, it seemed like people were very jaded on the fact that Dick Grayson had moved on to become Nightwing on the Titans. So it could have been a mixture of the fact that Jason was very abrasive and he stole the, the tires off the Batmobile. That was his first appearance. And mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to see him gone. So DC, being the uh, family company that they are, decided to kill him off in A Death in the Family. Brutally. Right. And it was almost kind of known for a long time that you just don't touch Jason Todd. Now that he's dead, don't mess with him. And then uh, Matt Wagner came in in the mid-2000s. I think it was Matt Wagner. Came in in the, the mid-2000s with the Under the Red Hood storyline that obviously made Jason Todd into the Red Hood. So we recently just watched that trailer before the show here. Aaron, what, initial thoughts? I know it was kind of brief. It's only like a 40-second trailer. So what, what do you think about this? Because you, you know my thoughts on Titans. We've talked about Titans so many times on this show. Yeah, you know, which is crazy because I'd hate it. 
Yeah, and and I'm not like I'm not totally against it. Like I want to like it. Right. I watch it. Like I'm not caught up uh, at all, really. I I do enjoy watching it. It's just so damn dark, right? And needlessly also, dark. Needlessly dark. Also, I really dislike the guy that they chose to play Bruce Wayne in the oh, series. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, it's just like, to me, it's like there's so many things that push me away from it. And maybe this will bring me back in because mm-hmm. I do love – Jason Todd was actually one of my – Red Hood, excuse me, Jason Todd, Red Hood, uh, was one of my my first, like, real, like, cosplays. Yeah. So I, he, holds a, he, he holds a very special mm-hmm. place in my heart as as far as his character and, and what he stands for. Also, uh, under the Red Hood – the animated film was one of the in, honestly it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. animated story you know DC stories and so i'm going to watch it i'll let you know like i enjoyed the trailer i enjoyed seeing his his helmet you know i've got his helmet up on my shelf that i and i look at all the time sure so i think you know this goes right into the the same saying that you know joker and batman pass back and forth where the only difference is one bad day and jason todd is a is a product of that bad day it feels like he's kind of like in the middle between those two, yeah. right? He very oh, perfect. Yeah, he's a, that's a very good analogy. Yes. So, and and it's interesting. You say that it is very dark, and that you're almost gonna kind of just watch to see what happens at this point. Let me let me read you this quick qu- uh, quote by Greg Walker, who's a showrunner there at Titans, uh, and see what you think about this. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. Before that, let me just quickly say that we're also gonna be introduced to Barbara Gordon, who of course is, is Batgirl. We have Tim Drake, who is the third Robin. We have the Red Hood, obviously, being introduced, and we also have Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, being introduced in Season 3. So a lot of new characters being introduced here in this, this new Season 3, and I think that is one of the, the benefits of this Titan series is that they are just literally throwing every single DC character at you and hoping you attach to one or a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, I don't hate that. There's a lot of great, colorful characters in the DC universe, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe after the maybe once season three hops back on, maybe maybe that'll be my time to hop back on the show. Uh, and and I think I'm I'm slightly optimistic about this based on this quote by Greg Walker, who said, "This is how the season is going to be different." I think in a lot of ways it ultimately ultimately ends with them figuring out a way to be a team. It ends optimistically. I think the world that we live in right now, especially the way the Titans can be, we can beat ourselves up with our past sins. It's nice to be liberated. So it. What I took from that is that hopefully the season three will be a little reprieve from the darkness, and maybe we can finally start getting into the lightheartedness of the Titans team and um, change it, it up a little like bit. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's what it's, yeah. It's exactly, you know, it sounds to me like they're kind of recognizing what they've done, like maybe um, not necessarily mistakes, but things that they didn't really like about how the first two seasons were kind of created. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's an opportunity for them to... Because, I mean, on, honestly, like, You've probably watched Teen Titans, right? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that show's hilarious. That show is as silly as it can be. is great because they're actually a team, right? You know. And then we watched Titans. In my opinion, I've watched Titans because I I wanted to see in the in the beginning it was them kind of coming together, like jo- like becoming not necessarily a family, but figuring out who they were. Mm-hmm. And it's been over two. It's like this is going to be the third season. Can we become the Titans already? Can we become a team and actually act like it? Sure. Yeah. So, so uh, Titan season three will be premiering on HBO Max on August twelfth. So we don't have very long to wait until that Titan season three comes out. So, Aaron, I'm going to go ahead and take us into our next bit of news as well because our third bit of news is going to be all you all day. I I will have almost nothing to say for that third part. So I just want to quickly say as well, 
We got our very first look at Jane Foster's Thor from Thor Love and Thunder. It was revealed on a film crew t-shirt design. Uh, the crew for Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder was given a t-shirt when the production of the film wrapped. And thanks to the design on the shirt, we got our very first look at Jane Foster, which, as we know, uh, everybody likes to call her the female Thor, and I hate that. She's not the female Thor, she is the mighty Thor. So, in the comic, in the Jane, uh, Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, Isan Ribic, uh, the many artists that joined Jason Aaron in that run, Jane Foster is known as the Mighty Thor. And then you have Odin's son, which of course is the Thor that we know and love. And I think that's the best way to describe them. We don't want to call her the female Thor. Uh, one of the storylines, uh, just like we were talking about, one of the storylines in the film features Jane Foster taking on the mantle of Thor. That story arc is based on Jason Aaron's comic book run, The Mighty Thor, the story in which follows a cancer-stricken Jane Foster as she takes up the mantle and the powers of Thor. So, Aaron, as you can see here from our transcript, what do you think? I mean, uh, this is... So, can I give you a little bit of background before we get on your thoughts here? So, as you can see from the picture, she has this, like, helmet on. And uh, I can't really tell, but in the comics, she has blonde hair. And this was mm -hmm. a very uh, specific design choice by Jason Aaron and his artist team. Because for the first, like, 12 to 16 issues, actually, I don't, I don't even want to put a number on it, though. for a lot of the run, no one knew who this new Thor was. This was from the era of Marvel when it was the all-new, all-different, so they were changing out all of their heroes. This is where we got Sam Wilson's Captain America. We, you know, we got Miles Morales. We got Ms. Marvel. A bunch of different new characters taking up the mantle of these classic heroes. And for a long time, we had no idea who it was. And it was eventually, it was shown that it was, again, a... A cancer-stricken Jane Foster who uh, every time she became Thor her cancer was getting worse but it also kind of stopped it in a way it's kind of a weird parallel mm -hmm. and as many people know in the comics Jane Foster has brown hair but when she turned into Thor she had blonde hair so that's how Jason Aaron got around kind of like people suspecting who it really was because some people thought it might have been Lady Sif or some other hero so no, I knew it you knew it from the beginning didn't you yeah, I actually, I, I actually, and believe this or not, you know, I, I know I've stated several times, I'm not, I have not really been into comics, mm -hmm. uh, as far as reading them, but the storylines are amazing, and the Mighty Thor was honestly one of those ones that was like very close to like pulling me into the comic realm. Sure. And I, I read a lot into. I actually read a few a, 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 or issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read a few issues of the mighty Thor and like I had to learn what happened to Thor, why he wasn't the, you know, the, why he wasn't the God of thunder anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to learn, you know, what, ha like how she took over. I had to learn, you know, like even the, and spoiler alert, I don't know if they're going to do it in the, in the movie, but you know, Thor Odinson loses an arm, which is pretty badass, And then mm -hmm. he gets his, and I think that's where they kind of uh, mold merge in the storyline where, in the comic, he gets a, like a battle axe. He doesn't yeah. get Stormbreaker, but he gets a battle axe in that. So I'm interested to see. I, I'm so excited for this movie because not only that, but I'm really hoping for them to take the 80s kind of themes like even further. I want a freaking 80s electro rock <laughs> funk montage of Thor getting like it back in shape. Yeah. So there's a there's been a lot of on set photos of Thor. And he's wearing like a wife beater, and or is that what it's called? Like a, I don't want to call it a wife beater, mm -hmm. but a, like a white tank top. He's got like yeah. the he's got like the '80s jacket on and the and the belt, huge belt buckle and, and blue jeans. And this is obviously a homage to the character Thunderstrike, who is who was Thor in the '80s. Uh, like you said, this is going to be very '80s centric. A lot of hair, you know, hair band metal type of like look to it. 
And so excited. Yeah. Uh, this is, and you know, it's crazy. Here's the best part about next year. I hate, like, I, I like to live in the present. I don't always like to look, you know, we're nostalgic beasts in general. So we're either living in the past or living in the future. I like to live in the present, but I will say 2022 is going to be a great year to be a nerd. You got the Batman, you've got Doctor Strange, you've got, well, I was, uh, my main point in saying all this is that Doctor Strange comes out in April, then you got Thor Love and Thunder coming out in May. Like, are you kidding me? That's going to be a great couple of months to be a Marvel fan. Oof. Oof. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, uh, but this looks good. This chat. looks very, uh, this looks very comic accurate. I mean, it, it almost looks like she jumped from the comic page to, to real life. Very much. I love, I loved her design, her armor design. Even some of the cosplayers that I've seen have, who have, you know, recreated her suit have done it because she has the at least in the in the comics she had uh i I think even around her helmet the like nordic runes Mm -hmm. all around it and it's just gorgeous the design was so gorgeous here's what i want to see so i don't know how how long natalie portman's going to show up for jane foster's thor i don't know if this is going to be a one-off or or what if she's going to stay around in the mcu but there are always rumors about beta ray bill and as we know beta ray bill his, his weapon of choice is Stormbreaker. So I w- what I would love to see is I would love for Odin's son to figure out a way to get his hammer back, Mjolnir, and then Beta Ray Bill be introduced and he gets Stormbreaker. What if that was something that we find out Captain America did? He got him his, thun- his, his uh, Mjolnir back? Uh-huh. That'd be awesome. And then, and then Beta Ray comes and it's like, it's just like a quick cameo. Like, you know, Thor's like, oh, and he just like throws away uh, the Stormbreaker, uh-huh. and then Beta Ray Bill just like grabs it or something or catches it. <laughs> That'd be so uh, good. There, there are just so many possibilities with this film. Like, and I, no. and I don't think anybody suspects that Taika Waititi is going to do a bad job. I think everybody is expecting this to be as fun, if not more fun, than Ragnarok. He is killing it. And I'm honestly, I'm so excited to see Valkyrie again. Yes, same. Because she is, she's currently the queen of, of Asgard over in uh, mm-hmm. what is the Norway or I don't know where mm-hmm. they're at. Yeah, so. Let's go ahead and do our last bit of news here. And Aaron, I'm going to pass it off to you. Like I said, here's the baton. Take it, take it and run with it because we're going to be talking about <laughs> Nintendo E3 2021. All right. So I am super excited because if you did not catch up of all the highlights from Nintendo's E, not even Nintendo's, but E3 in general, E3 mm-hmm. in general was wild. We had, a, it was a roller coaster of emotions. And honestly, in my opinion, people can disagree with me right now. Uh, Nintendo, Nintendo killed it. Nintendo mm-hmm. ran away with it, so I would I would call it Nintendo's E3, but they killed it. Okay, not only that. That's refreshing. It is. It really is. Square Square Enix, Square Soft, what are they, Square Enix now? They used to be Square Soft. They shit the bed. <laughs> they did such a terrible, terrible job with what they revealed. Even they with revealed... the Guardians game, the Guardians of the Galaxy game. You, that was yeah, by yeah, Square yeah, Enix. Yeah. I mean, you, that, you that count was... that. I don't even. I don't count that. Okay, I mean, okay. they. That's fine. Yes, maybe we're excited for that. Uh, here, okay, let's just jump right into it. So, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy does look kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Here's why I'm not super excited about it because the Avengers game that they created mm-hmm. and and which they have still <laughs> yet, yet, <sighs> yes, that thing was was a stain on 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 the pant crotch of a moviegoer. Or, or a kid on his first date. It is a, it's ruining. But Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy looks very much the same. It's like they took the same ty- kind of template and just 
you know, Guardians of the Galaxy on top of it. So mm-hmm. unless they actually, and here, okay, it's so soon after release of the Avengers, without them actually fixing that game, I have almost no hope for this game. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, and and this is not necessarily a bad thing, but this is not something that really raises a lot of hopes in the gaming community. It's also coming out on Switch at the same time. So if you know anything about the Switch and when games are ported, games usually come out to come to the Switch later rather than at the same time because it takes time to translate from Xbox and PS, you know, PlayStation like their their quality into what can be played on a, on a Switch. Mm-hmm. So that's generally why you'll see Switch games that have less graphics and and different, you know, it just less memory it takes a lot less to run or it can't run as much on the switch so sure either either nintendo has either either this company has learned a lot and they're having it developed at the same time by a company who will port it or it's just not that great of a or powerful of a game to where it can run on all three systems yeah so let me go into some other things that i was really really excited about because we saw some really really cool trailers come out so we got a multiplayer view of halo infinite and that game is looking fantastic custom mm. you know fully customizable uh you know um so funny enough uh, do you know the name of master chief's suit like the spartan armor do you know what it's actually called no it's called milner milner <laughs> I so, did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the Mjolnir armor is what Spartans wear. Uh, so we we got to see how they how the Spartans and how players can customize their Spartans. There's so much customization when mm-hmm. it comes to the armor and the, and this just the quality of the game. People are so excited for this game. I think uh, this is going to really pick up what the Xbox um, series, I guess the new Xbox X or whatever they're calling it these days. Mm-hmm. It's, I believe it's going to do a lot for their sales because infinite. And then the new Forza motorsport, which has this new overlay. That's it's, it really takes advantage of the, of the graphics. So it almost looks real world. Oh my God. So people and are really Forza has like it. been on that track for a while that it's always looked yes. kind of semi real, like real, really yeah. realistic. They are killing it. Really. Uh, they, they announced the new battlefield, which is like battlefield 2042. I believe it is. Deathloop, Psychonauts 2 is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new free-to-play game called Roller Champions, which is very much a rollerball roller ball, uh, free-to-play type game that's going to come out on all the systems. They talked more about, uh, we saw a little bit about Pokemon, uh, the Diamond and Pearl, uh, Mario, Mario Golf Rush. Uh, there's a new game called Sable, which looks very much like Guardians from Destiny, riding on their little pod racer looking motorcycles (laughs) and that's like an open world indie game that looks really neat um Mm -hmm. another one is the elden ring which is in the in the you know elder scrolls universe yeah that one looks really neat uh i didn't really see any of the the footage from that but the the poster looks glorious i am not a an elder scrolls skyrim player i tried one time i sucked at it so i was like i'm good (laughs) but like i said there's the really okay. So the bigger highlights were Life is Strange Remastered Collection coming in September. Life is Strange True Colors, which Life is Strange is a t- is a series that I've never played before. But there's mm-hmm. a ton of people who are super excited about the re- Remastered Collection as well as this new version called the True Colors. Uh, Worms Rumble, Two Point Campus, Just Dance 22, 2022, if you want to say it. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, Astria Ascending, Fatal Frame is new Fatal Frame, which I think was on we- that 
Maidens of the Black Water was actually a Wii U exclusive, so it's finally being ported. Mm-hmm. There's a new Doom Eternal DLC coming out today. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope. Okay, so so now we're getting into E3 or Nintendo's portion. And really the big hits from that were we're finally getting a new WarioWare game. Okay. Legend of, Ge- Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, and then there's a Legend of Zelda Game & Watch little, like, you know, portable little handheld thing like they did with Game & Watch Gallery for Mario. I wonder if this would be like a good trial run for a lot of the Game Boy games showing up on the Switch. Because we've been clamoring for that for a while. Like, we, we want some of these older, especially the Pokemon games, which yes. Nintendo knows, knows what they're doing. There's the, the aftermarket prices for those older Pokemon games are stupid. So they know what they have. Yeah, they are, so they are saving. In my opinion, Nintendo is one of the smartest companies because mm-hmm. they literally save all of these. Okay. They're not super creative when it comes to new titles uh-huh. because they know what they have. They don't have to invest in a lot of development of franchises. So if we keep specific games that we know people want in the vault until the day that we need money and we just pull maybe one or two out and say, mm-hmm. here you go, they, they make money. And then like games like Mario, we see this all the time. Anything with the name Mario on it does not drop from the top price. Like you can yeah. go to any GameStop and still go try and find a new Mario Kart 8 and guess what you're going to pay for it? Probably $54.99 used, $59.99 brand new. And this mm-hmm. is just about anywhere. Yeah. Um, Super Mario 3D World, which we reviewed here on the show, is still still 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So other games that, like, my, I'm su- – I am – oh, my God. I am so looking forward to Metroid Dread. We finally got a new Metroid game coming out. Metroid Dread is very – so it's supposed to be a sequel to Metroid Fusion. Okay. Which was the last – I want to say the last um, DS game that came out. No, okay. not DS. I'm sorry. Uh, like SP game or Game Boy. Yeah, oh, wow. I think it was SP. So Metroid Fusion was was phenomenal. I love that game. I actually went and bought it again because I loved it so much a couple months ago. I'm glad I did because now I can, I can play this again and lead into Metroid Dread. Again, there's a new Met- Mario and Rabbids game, uh, Sparks of Hope, which looks really fun. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We finally got some gameplay footage of Breath of the Wild 2. Okay. And I know that's one that people were really clamoring for. Yes. We, we see again this, this trope of... You know, as soon as the game starts, something happens. Ganondorf comes back, and guess what? He kidnaps, you know, Princess Zelda. So we see mm-hmm. that again. Um, you know, it's the thing that we saw a portion of that was really interesting. We we see kind of that typical. It's you got Link like falling out of the sky over Hyrule, and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so there's going to be definitely some more. You know, uh, Link's arm seems to be transforming into different abilities. So, is he going to be getting like the like wings? Can he fly himself? So, basically, we're going to see a lot more functionality when it comes to what he can do. Sure. And I'm excited yeah. to see how they develop this game into a more vertical game than just you know kind of exploration with the map. But that's what they did so well in, uh, I'm sorry, Breath of the Wild One. They 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 the ex. I've never been into like a super into a Legend of Zelda game except for Breath of the Wild because I was I explored the entire map. See, I, I need to get on that. Everyone keeps telling me how awesome Breath of the Wild was, and I've also never really been a huge Legend of Zelda fan. Um, you know, I played them a lot when I was a kid, but I it was always Pokemon number one for me. You know, growing up and and Mario, of course. So, uh, but yeah, I'd love to try out Breath of the Wild, and then of course when Breath of the Wild two comes out in twenty twenty two, maybe that'll be my uh, my second Zelda 
uh, game. I so. highly recommend. I highly recommend Breath of the Wild. It's it's uh, it is a stunningly beautiful game. Perfect. Stunningly beautiful. Um, one of the last ones. I mean, I'll talk about just a couple more games. But one of the last ones that I'm really excited about was another one, uh, Advance Wars. I know you've heard me talk about this game on mm-hmm. the show before. Yeah. Advance Wars reboot. They're rebooting one and two and putting <laughs> okay. it out on the Switch. So, I I am pumped. Uh, so yeah, and then we have Fatal Frame. Like talk about Fatal Frame, made of the Black Water. Shin Megami Tensei Five is coming out November 12th. Dagoroba Decadence. It's a newly announced three-game collection that adds da- the adds the Daganropa S Ultimate Summer Camp Virtual Board Game. So mm-hmm. we have I, I I've never played any of those games, but it sounds amazing. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity is getting some DLC, and let's see. There's just, oh there was there was so much, so damn much, and it's <laughs> I would say if you if you're I don't. I can't even go into all of it. They're really. Um, we we honestly probably should have dedicated an entire episode to this. Cause... It, we we needed to, but uh, yes, it's there's there's a lot coming out. If you're looking for, there's like 16 new indie games, and really, I mean, let's just be honest. We all just wanted to see Halo. Yeah. And we all just <laughs> wanted to see. Uh, there's a new like, Ghostwire coming out. There's a new. What is that? It's um. I want to call it oh, Redfall, which is uh, – I'm sorry. I totally messed this up. So the one that I should have spoke about that people are super excited about is a new team-up between Xbox, mm-hmm. Microsoft, and Bethesda, and it's called Starfield. And Starfield – so 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 Bethesda is – you know they're obviously hugely popular for Fallout 4. This game looks stunningly beautiful also. It's going to be more of a Fallout slash – like Fallout style, but space exploration – and Didn't Microsoft just, just buy Bethesda? Yes. I think we talked yes. about it on the show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another game, Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora was announced. Uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, which was actually supposed to be called Rainbow Six Quarantine, but mm-hmm. uh, due to the, ban- the pandemic, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they decided to do a name Too change. Elden soon. Ring. Yes, Elden Ring, uh, the much-anticipated role-playing game in collaboration with Game of Thrones creator George R.R. R. Martin. Nice. And Tell him to finish I mean, that damn book and stop worrying about video games. <laughs> he needs that money to finish the book, man. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's that's really about it, you know. Um, but overall, you were really happy with this with this E three, and you thought you felt like it was worth it. Everything except for Square SquareSoft. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. They can yeah. they can suck a. Sorry, let's go ahead. Suck a toe. <laughs> suck a big old toe. <laughs> Alrighty, well there you go. E3 2021. Looks like we've got a lot of great video games to look forward to here in the near future. So that'll do it for our news and notes. Before we get into our main topic, talking about Sweet Tooth and Marvel's Modoc, we're gonna take a quick second to do a promo for some of our podcasting friends, and we will be right back. Hey there. Do you like movies, cartoons, video games, anime, and everything in between? Then we have a show for you. The Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. Every week, Josh and Ben bring you all the latest and greatest in movie reviews, news, commentaries, interviews, special guests, and tons of bonus episodes. New episodes come out every Monday. We also make great nerdy content on our YouTube channel. You can find our show anywhere podcasts are found. The 4 Nerds by Nerds Podcast. Your one stop for all your nerdy needs. Stay nerdy, my friends.
the episode's main topic. Alrighty, for our main topic for episode 42, we're going to be talking about Netflix's Sweet Tooth. Some stories start at the beginning. Ours begins here. What the... Which came first? The hybrids or the virus? But that question would become the biggest mystery of our lifetime. This is a story about a very special boy. A boy we come to know as Sweet Tooth. Some bad people are still out there. And they don't like you because you're different. It's not just about you and me anymore. To be brave. Alrighty, so off the top here, spoilers. Now, can I just quickly say spoilers for Modoc and Sweet Tooth? Aaron and I briefly talked before the episode here, and we felt like these two shows. Deserve to be talked about, but not completely dissected, if that makes sense. Like, uh, you know, him and I are both huge fans of Sweet Tooth. I don't want to speak for you, Aaron, here, but I think we're on the same page as far as what we thought about this. And uh, I'll be honest, I was a little let down. But before we get into that, I, I don't want to jump the gun too much. Uh, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and give us our, uh, our summary here. And I don't think we even deserve the, uh, the movie voice in a world. In a world. <laughs> so... On a perilous adventure in a post-apocalyptic world, a boy who's half human and half deer searches for a new beginning with a gruff protector. Mm. <laughs> so the cast is uh, Nanzo Inozi, Tommy Jeppard, Christian Convery, Gus, Stephanie Levy Owen as Bear, Dania Ramirez, Amy, James Brolin, who's the narrator, Adil Akhtar is Adida Singh, and Will Forte as Richard. And then the showrunner is Ben Schwartz, CW's Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, Womp womp. Uh, Jim Mickle, <laughs> Cold in July, Hap, and Leonard. Yeah. So before we actually get into any more of this, before we get into any fun facts or anything, I just want to quickly talk about the series as a whole. So um, as I always do, I like to ask you about initial thoughts, but again, we kind of went into it. Here's the thing about Sweet Tooth. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say off the top, I really love the comic by Jeff Lemire. It's my favorite Jeff Lemire story of all time. I know you also love it as well. And there are certain parts in this series where I was totally on board. Some of the imagery, a lot of the special effects and the uh, in-camera, you know, practicality of some of the, the children and, and just, the, it looked great. It was a great looking show. And I don't hate it either, also. That's, that's the other thing. I don't love it and I don't hate it. It's just kind of in the middle, which almost, in my opinion, is kind of worse, if that makes sense. Like, if I would have absolutely hated this, we would have had probably a lot more fun talking about it. And, <laughs> vice, and also vice versa, if I would really loved it, we'd have a lot more fun talking about it. But it was just kind of nothing, you know? And, and that's really disappointing. So that's kind of how I feel off the top. Aaron, what were your thoughts as far as Netflix's Sweet Tooth? I 
So I'm not I'm not upset by the I'm not upset by the show. I'm not necessarily I'm disappointed, like slightly disappointed, mm-hmm. because I feel like they they were they were handed a layup with the Sweet Tooth comic, mm-hmm. and what they gave us was like this watered down version of just feelings. Yeah, and I un- I understand. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. What the hell? What the hell, man? You were given such good material to work with, and you decided to turn it into this uh, huggy, like, family, tree-hugging, like, world, you know, human-hating, adult-hating bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's like, what, what, I mean, what it, What did you, you need just to... stick to the source material, really. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. a great story. You had Jeff Lemire right there. Yeah. I think he was on set most of the time, too. He was. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you have, you know, Robbie Downey Jr. and Susan Downey, uh, they were both producing this so um it, it, it seemed like the stars aligned and and actually it just recently came out and said you know it was announced that uh, jim mickle who is the one of the showrunners is going to be directing donny cates's story god country so things looked like they were for a while before the series actually came out looked like things were headed in the right direction and again i, I don't hate any of this uh i will say there is okay there are a couple things that i hate let me just quickly say uh, one thing I really hate is that Gus never freaking listens. That was the mm-hmm. most annoying thing in the series. I know he's a kid. I know it's a metaphor. Oh, kids don't listen to their, you know, elder, whatever. Like, there's, an, there's a moment in episode five. Uh, and again, spoilers, once again, spoilers for the show. Not that we're really going to be able to spoil anything crazy because I think you kind of know where the story's going. Um, there's a scene where uh, Jeopard is telling Gus, do not get on that rickety bridge, okay, Gus? You will fall. And then he's talking to Bear. He turns like uh, Jeb talk, turns around, talks to Bear, and when he turns back around. Guess where Gus is? On the bridge. It's like, it, and he does that like five times. Like, again, sorry. The train. Spoiler, the train. Yes, the train is another one. The end of the series. Gus, what are you doing? Uh, you know. And again, I don't want to. We already said spoiler, so I'm just gonna say it. the reason why the reason why Jeb dies is because of Gus. He calls. He calls the uh, big, is it the big man? Is that his name? Or no, the general. Mm-hmm. The general, the big man is Jeff. The general. He calls the general on that plane radio. Like, uh, it's he didn't just, die. it was, huh? He didn't die. I know, but he got shot because of it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just frustrating. I don't know. I, I, just, I, I agree. 100% agree because I don't know why, I don't know why they would write him like that. Oh, I, we need somebody to, to push the, the story along. So let's make, Gus an idiot and make him do everything that he's told not to when he's been living in captivity, not necessarily captivity, but in, in seclusion mm-hmm. with his father and his imaginary father, who was a bundle of sticks and <laughs> listening to his imaginary father more than he listens to two living people who are actually killing people to keep him alive. Right. Everyone around like, him is sacrificing things to keep him alive. Yes. And all this d- Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to get a little <laughs> bit too heated because I was watching it and like, I, you know, I, I did there were like there like you said there were quite a few things I did enjoy about this. Mm-hmm. I will say that the what they've done to the portion of like I guess what's his name the 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 Adil Akhtar Adida Singh mm-hmm. him as the doctor Doctor Singh. Yeah, I like his story a lot. I, I I liked his story so I liked his story better than I like Sweet Tooth storyline. I liked. Dania Ramirez, Amy, uh, she she's the one running the zoo and the and the sanctuary. I loved her portion much better than than watching Gus's. Like her, I could watch like her running the little area, the little zoo portion, the sanctuary. I could watch that as by, like by itself. Yeah, like, I, I could have used a little was. bit more time there on that 
the, yeah. the zoo. Yeah. What is it? What is the little? Oh my god, the little gopher Bobby. Is that his name? Bobby? Yeah, I love Bobby. <laughs> so adorable. He he. You know what? Kick Gus out. Make Bobby the yeah. the, the the lead character. I want I want a, I want a Bobby like that. That little kid was. Give me a Bobby spinoff. Give me a Bobby spinoff. Bobby you know? Tooth. <laughs> but I will say this: the amount. So as invested as I am in the comic and waiting for the next portion of that to come out, I will continue to watch this show, regardless of how annoyed I am at a lot of it. I will continue to watch this show because I am now invested to see what happens. And because I, I think it's we didn't a lot of the stuff that they're throwing into this storyline we didn't see in the comics. They changed quite a bit, and I, I know it's been yeah. said that the showrunners wanted to make the show a little more optimistic because this was created during COVID, or at least it was being finished during COVID. And I thought it was funny that a lot of the people in this, I mean, and it makes sense because of the virus that's going around. Everyone's wearing masks. You know, it's like, thanks for reminding us that we just wore masks for a year and a half. Uh, yeah. But, and also, I want to quickly say, Nanzu Ananzi, did he look familiar? Because uh, we reviewed another show, or t- I guess it was a movie, that he was in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And yep. that was terrible. And it was terrible. It was the first movie we ever reviewed on the Oblivion Bar, <laughs> Artemis Fowl. I, I think we both gave it like a, a .5 or I don't even know. It was something terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so, I was like, where did I, where have I seen him before? And then I remember that he was in, he was an Artemis Fowl. So I, I hope I'm pronouncing this, but Dania Ramirez, who plays Amy, who again is the woman who runs the sanctuary, mm-hmm. who take, who, who raises Wendy, the pigtail. Oh yeah. She's cute too. She is previously from a show that my wife was watching and I want to say it's called Devious Maids. Okay. And she has this terrible you know, accent that she puts on and she, and, and she works for a guy, Mr. Spence. Like that's like whatever. Like, so as soon as, cause I'm watching the rest of the episodes and, and my wife is in the room with me and she goes, Oh, she's from, you know, devious maze. And, and we both look at each other and go, Mr. Spence. You know, it's just, it's cause that's her accent in the show. But we just had like, you know, you, you start recognizing. And then Will Forte, Will Forte did a great job. Yeah. I, yeah, I, he was I great. actually really liked the, the, the backstory and how they kind of flush that out uh-huh. for Pubba. Yeah, you know, Papa. and then Papa, Papa, Grandpapa. <laughs> I could have used a couple more episodes. Like this was was it nine episodes or eight episodes? Eight, eight episodes. Eight, yep. eight episodes. I could have used a couple more episodes. Maybe like one more episode. On you know, with with Will Forte and and Gus. Well, I guess Richard mm-hmm. and Gus because I liked the, their back and forth in the beginning. And, and like you said, Will Forte did a great job. I thought it was really. I mean, I think it's really interesting how they are kind of linking everybody up together. Like how Bear and Wendy are, are you know basically sisters, and I think it's mm-hmm. all really interesting. So we'll see. Uh, do you want to give us some fun facts about the show, or do you want me to do it? Well, I had I only really had one fun fact because we talked about RDJ and his wife producing, mm-hmm. and we also talked about Jeff Lemire. He created the series. But speaking of Jeff Lemire, the Zoo Army with with Bear and Tiger, you know, we'll probably see Tiger again at some point. Oh my God! Can we? Can I stop you for one second and just uh-huh. say how stupid the Animal Army's costumes were yeah <laughs> like how i'm sorry but like how are those at all supportive to a a tactical yeah like the kid that was dressed like a zebra looked like he was just like a like, like he had to walk sideways through doorways you know <laughs> like that's not tactical right yeah well yeah so they're at that zoo army uh it says on the when you walk into the zoo it says xx county which is actually a story mm-hmm. written by jeff lemire and it's awesome like, if Sweet Tooth is not my favorite, definitely it's Essex County. Like, Jeff Lemire, if I can just quickly say, as a comic book writer and artist, he's a very, he's a visual creature. He puts a lot of stake into 
especially when he draws the story, a lot of a lot of stake into the visuals, and it makes for a quick read, which is also really great. But Essex County is another really great great book by him, and it's also, it's a it's a giant story, but it, it's a quick read because it is such a visual story. So mm. I don't really have much else to say. I, I guess. I don't want to kick them. I, I don't. We, we don't like to attack kid actors here on the Oblivion Bar, but I just want to. I feel like every time we talk about a movie with a kid actor that's in a prominent role, we're like, they suck. <laughs> but no. that being said, Christian, I I didn't love his portrayal of Gus. I thought he was. I, I thought everyone around him was really great, including including some of the other kid actors, um, most notably Wendy. Wendy, yeah, Wendy, Wendy was great. Yeah, she was adorable. Yeah, I just didn't really love Gus to be honest. Um, I think because when you compare him to his portrayal in the comic, mm-hmm. he has such like a long face, and he's not—he doesn't really ever look happy. Yeah. And so this was such a a departure from how, I mean, probably anybody really visualized him as a as an actual person. I think that they could have made him slightly more animalistic because, in, again, in the comics, he's very—he's he is very dear. He's got like a longer face. You know, he's got he's kind of lanky, so I think they could have done a little bit better with that. Sure. So yeah, I don't really have much else to say about Sweet Tooth. Do you have anything that you wanna kinda say before we get into our final thoughts? No, nah, let's just rate it. Okay. Well, before we get to <laughs> our rating, I just wanna say, again, not terrible. I think that if you're a fan of the T V series, definitely give it a look. There are some redeeming qualities with this and who knows, maybe future seasons will be better because they're they are gonna try to continue this, you can tell. So I, again, it was just kind of middle ground which really stinks and yeah. I, again I, I think it would have been it would have made for a much interesting co- much more interesting conversation had we felt one way or the other so that's kind yeah, of my final of, thoughts a lot of potential mm-hmm. a lot of potential kind of visually beautiful out. a lot of great acting uh, over, over you yeah. know overall some really good potential moments that they could have brought to like culmination at parts of this show you know especially like this the, just the scene in like the episode where Will Forte you know, written, you know, Pubba, his, uh, Gus's dad, mm-hmm. even just drives up and, like, looks over the park where they're going to live. It's just a, a beautiful scene, you know? Sure. And it's just, like, they just they just let that fizzle. They let that, that magic kind of fizzle. So mm-hmm. that's my yeah. final thought. Well, as we do each time that we talk about a TV series or a movie or a video game or anything here on the Oblivion Bar, we're going to go ahead and give it a rating out of five David A. Winers, which, as you ooh. know... I was going to say, ooh, our Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior, God bless. He uh, has been on the show, David A. Weiner. He is a documentarian. He's done films such as In Search of Tomorrow and In Search of Darkness, um, many others. He's, he's been in, uh, I, listen to our interview. He's a, he's a great person to listen to and, and hear about his career. So we had to dedicate our rating system to him. So Aaron, out of five David A. Weiners, what would you give Netflix's Sweet Tooth? Three. Three Weiners. I'm going to give it a 2.5. Okay. That's about as average as you can get for me on this show. 2.5 is... Again, some redeeming qualities, but just not something that I will probably I probably won't watch this again. So see, I think that's I think that's the difference in the point five for us. Yeah. You're you're you give it point five less because you wouldn't continue watching it. I give it a three point which is point five higher than yours because I still potentially could watch more of it. I mean this se- season. I won't watch the oh. season again. I might watch the next series, the oh. next season if there's another season, yeah. which again we think that there will be. I will probably check it out, but this Fair. this season I was kind of just I was trudging along. I didn't really want to continue. I I think I stopped in episode three and then episode five when he had that bridge moment. I was like, "Bleh, I don't want to watch this." And then I eventually finished it for the show. So <laughs> it's like fine. Yeah, yeah. So two point five into three out of five, David Weiners. So moving on here to our next review, 
up next, we're going to talk about Marvel's MODOK. Where does he go at night? Nobody knows. Oh, no one took the cans out? Come on! Ah, shit. We have to tell the kids about us. Kids, she's lost her mind. You have to stop Murdoch, her. Murdoch, what are you telling the kids? I'm comforting them. And if you tell her I said any of this, this will be one of the many divorces where it is the kids' fault. I'm Wonder Man. Pending Avenger, underwear model, and lover of your wife. This is an outrage! Ah! I shall reclaim my family! I shall reclaim my destiny! Iron Man! Chief shot to the back of the head, I know. But I was actually aiming for literally any other part of your body. Yeah! Woohoo! Do 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 right? Do 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 Am I good businessman? Uh yeah, about that. We're bankrupt. What? I'm sorry. I thought this coffee was for everyone. Alrighty, so once again, huge spoilers. And Aaron, why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick summary once again? These summaries mean nothing. I don't know why we do them, but here you go. While pursuing his dream of conquering the world, a megalomaniacal supervillain, Modoc, runs his evil organization into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the that cast he does. Is Patton Oswald as Modoc, Amy Garcia as Jody Tarleton. Ben Schwartz, one of my personal favorites, as mm -hmm. Lou Tarleton. John Daly, super adaptoid. Melissa Fumero, Melissa Tarleton. Sam Richardson, Gary Seven. Wendy McLendon-Covey, Monica Rappaccini. John Hamm as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Alan Tudyk as Arcade. Nathan Fillion as Simon Williams, Wonder Man. And Bill Hader as Angar the Screamer. So this was, uh, this was one of those ones I think we were pretty excited about when we first saw that Hulu was investing in a Marvel TV series, and um, you know it's it's being showrun by Alex Kame and Eric Towner, who uh, you know everyone knows is the showrunners, the animated geniuses behind Robot Chicken, uh, and and it was once we found out that that was the creative team, I think a lot of people were really excited. So, Aaron, initial thoughts of Modoc? Terrible. You didn't like it? I hated it. <laughs> Why did you hate it? So this we talk we we I mentioned something to you that I I had to wait to show to share with you on the show, mm -hmm. and and this is the moment where I'm going to reveal it to you. Okay. I watched like 15 minutes of this series, <laughs> and turn and turned it off. Like the whole series, you watched 15 minutes. The whole thing, like maybe oh no. 15 minutes total. <laughs> it was so stupid and not funny to me. Like okay, I get that this is this is robot chicken. In a, in a series, you okay. know, I Robot Chicken was not funny to me and had like was it because it and if it wasn't if it was funny, it's because it was like skits, it was like SNL, you know, one skit, two skit, three skit, end of episode. This yeah. is an ongoing, annoying pile of garbage to me. <laughs> like, I found. I found nothing funny about it. Like it's 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 just I I could not I just I didn't laugh at all. So I was like I can't do this. Like this is terrible. <laughs> well, I will say that I actually was a, a quite I was a big fan of this. I liked it. Uh, you know, I wasn't like in love with it like I think a lot of people are because this is actually this is liked among the fans because Modok is kind of a you know inherently silly character. 
Uh, mm-hmm. at, you know, as many people know, the MODOC stands, it's an acronym. It stands for uh, Mobile Mechanized Organism Designed Only for Killing, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, and, you know, it's just, this has been moved around. I think it was initially supposed to go to Netflix, and then they switched it to Hulu, if I'm not mistaken, which is, you know, that's fine. But I, th- I found this pretty entertaining, and I watched, you know, the entire series within a day or two. And like you said earlier, I thought, I thought Ben Schwartz as his son, Lou, was probably one of the funniest parts. He's just like this very eccentric magic, you know, he keeps trying to do magic and, you know, MODOK hates it. Uh, and then yeah. you have, you know, the daughter who is a lot more like MODOK because you got Lou who's basically just a, a human. And then you have his daughter, Jody, who's very much like a, uh, is it Jody or is it Melissa? Melissa. Melissa, excuse me. Sorry. Melissa is the, is much more, it looks like MODOK in his, in his mobile suit. So yeah, I don't know. I know you didn't like it, but I, I found it pretty redeeming in a lot of ways, especially the episode where Lou uh, and Modoc are in Asgard. That was my, you didn't get that far, but uh, there's a funny part where Lou gets, uh, so Modoc is creating these like portals and he's got these trash cans and they go to different places. Like, <laughs> I can't even explain it because it's not funny unless you watch it. But Lou well, falls into a trash can that goes to Asgard and he ends up, he, he, again, loves doing magic. So he, like, basically conquers these, like, ghouls in Asgard because of the magic that he's doing. And Modoc, the entire series, is, like, embarrassed by Lou and his, and his magic. It's just, it's funny. I, like I said, I it's, love it. It's the family dynamic. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a family show. It's, that's the thing to me. It's like, it's, like, Family Guy. It's American Dad. It's, like, all these constant, like, you know, dads, like, struggling to, you know, kind of keep their family together. Kind of poking fun uh, at like suburbia, yeah, and I and I get that, but I'm just like it's to me that that trope feels overdone, and then to throw in Modoc, who is like a killing machine, so to speak, <laughs> and 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 then he's got to go and a, a terrible killing machine who's little who is r- running his you know aim into the ground, you know, right. like the stupidest thing was like the first episode he's like I got this I got Iron Man's boot, you know I got Iron Man's boot, <laughs> that's not funny. Uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it was pretty funny. Uh, that's just me, though. Uh, well, since you didn't watch this series, I'm gonna make you talk the, about the fun facts. Well, fine. <laughs> this show takes place on version one two two six of Earth in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you got Modok's children. Six one six is the normal comic universe. Okay. Yeah. Modok's children, Melissa and Lewis, both have names made up of acronyms. Melissa is mental entity living to induce seriously sinister anarchy. And <laughs> Lewis is lanky organism undeniably irresistible and syphilitic. <laughs> How do you not think that's funny? Pat Oswalt previously played Hedges in Blade Trinity. Wait, did he? Yes. Wait, which one was Hedges? He's, he doesn't, he's not in it very long. Oh, Earth 26320 version of the Marvel Universe voiced Uncle Ben and Scorpion in Spider-Man 2017. Earth 17628 appeared as various <laughs> members of the Koenig family in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That one was, I did watch that. That was funny when he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Earth 199999 and voiced Mr. Sparkles in Big Hero 6, the series, Earth 14123. So yeah, the Marvel Universe obviously is there's a multiverse which we're gonna get into a lot going in the MCU going forward. So different universes, different Earths, all that good stuff. Here's the thing about this series, and I think especially since you dropped a bomb and said you didn't watch the series, I have a hard time discussing it with you. This is I a, tried. Even if you I had tried. watched it, here, but yeah, here's the thing. Even if you had watched it, 
there's not really much to talk about. It's funny. I think it's funny. I think it's well written. I hope they do more of this. But as far as like talking about the story, there's really not a story. I mean, Modoc loses aim and he's con- he's just trying to get it back. And he loses his family, he's just trying to get it back. And like it's it's basically that Modoc is so intelligent that he's kind of stupid and he just is constantly overcorrecting himself before he even makes a decision and that's kind of his character arc. Not only it's definitely it's played to be more serious in the comics, but that's essentially who he is. So I think they did a good job with that and I like a lot of the voice acting. I found it really hilarious. I think it's recommendable. And we can kind of tie that into our final thoughts. I think I think this is something that you should definitely watch. I know this isn't a great review, but if you have Hulu, definitely check out Modoc. I know Aaron didn't really like it, but if you like Robot Chicken, I, I so here's the thing. Here's another thing. I don't really even like. I don't mind Robot Chicken. I think some parts of it are funny, but I'm not like a huge fan of Robot Chicken. I found this to be really engaging, and maybe it's because it had Marvel characters in it, but I liked it. So all right, I, I'll tell you what. I will give it another chance. Okay. I, and you. then you're gonna have to let us know. How about you let us know on the grid sometime? Let for us know you. what you think for me. Thank you. For you. You're, you're finally getting me back for watching Doctor Who and not watching Dexter. Because I watched Doctor Who and you did not watch Dexter. Wow. Call we hold that. grudges here on the Oblivion Bar. We do apparently for a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah, that's a grudge from like 2013. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, so do you even want to rate it? <laughs> I don't think I should. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I should uh, wait to rate it. Okay, out of five David A. Winers, I'm going to give it a 4.0 out of five David A. Winers. What? Yeah, it's really funny. I thought it, like, it's one of those shows that you have to watch multiple times because it's like the humor and the quips and the jokes are all so quick that you, you kind of, if you think about one too long, you miss three of them. So, yeah, highly recommend Modoc. That'll do it for our main topic this week. Aaron, let's go ahead and get into my favorite topic of the show, one that will soon be transitioning, but for now, we're going to keep the same. And that, of course, is Aaron's Switch Talk. It's time for Aaron's Twitch Talk. For Aaron's Twitch Talk, you know, we, we played way more Minecraft and I got way more addicted. I think all I can think about is friggin' Minecraft, man. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. Uh, that was really fun, though. We made the 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 train tracks, the minecarts going from. We did castles. not make the train tracks. I made the train tracks. I mean, I helped. You yeah, you helped. Okay, that'll work. For like, you helped for like for like for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> I had to go, but no. um, so big things. I managed to snag a PS five on the Walmart you restock. Son of a bee. I know it's only. I mean, Lucky. it's only a digital version. But it's still a PS5, so I'm not complaining. Right. I'm super excited about that. So I kind of finally get to play Final Fantasy VII, the reboot, which I've been waiting years for. Right. Literally years. So I'm super excited that that and Ranch, Ratchet and Ratchet and Clank. Ranch. Looks, Ranchet and Clank. Ranchet. Ranchet and Clank. That game. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne DeWalk. Um, Go back and listen to episode 41 if you want to hear us talk about <laughs> DeWalk Johnson. Dwayne, what can you smell? What to watch? Anyways, uh, that was hilarious. I was, I was, funny. I was listening to that in the car on my way home from New Orleans. I'm just like laughing to, my, to myself. My wife's like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "Nothing." No, you nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, to Twitch. Um, no, Twitch is uh, is Twitch talk is you know I got a PS5. I'm gonna be playing that. Gonna be playing some more Minecraft. I finally, you know what I'm going to do actually coming up on Twitch. What's that? I'm going to show you guys how to print the Pokemon Snap pictures. I finally figured it out. Nice. 
That's awesome. Probably. We never shared any of our photos from Pokemon Snap. We did. We, we should start doing that, though. But I've got my Instax printer, which I'm holding up, and I got my phone. I downloaded the app. Nice. So now I can figure out how to download and print some of my Pokemon Snap photos. So we should share some of those. You know what? I'll do that this week. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a couple of my favorites and put them together. And we'll, we'll, have to, we'll post them on Discord. We'll post them on Twitter and social medias and all that good stuff. So, heck, yeah, that's awesome. That'd be super fun. Really, other than that, not much going on for uh, for Aaron's Twitch talk. But if you want to catch up and watch us play Minecraft and as a as a as a show with mm-hmm. some of our our really good friends Miles and Toto, mischievous Toto, like we play, you know, usually every Tuesday, Torch Tuesday. Uh, and I got a few new games that I might be, uh, you know, revealing coming up on Twitch. And then also some, doing some some oldies. I got some really exciting ones. Like I downloaded, uh, you know, No Man's Sky, which. Has a really big update that just really recently happened. So I thought we'll people see. hated that. It actually people love it now. Can you believe that? Oh, God. hey, with there you all go. The That's up, cool. With all the updates, people love it now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, saying that, if you guys want to hang out, check me out, Twitch.tv forward slash Better underscore Actions, and I hope to see you there. With cool. that, let's go into my favorite portion of this show, and that is. Dramatic pause. <laughs> Chris's Corner. <laughs> it's time for Chris's Corner. Alrighty, this week for Chris's Corner, we're going to be talking about Invincible, the comic, the full series, written by Robert Kirkman, illustrated by Corey Walker and Ryan Notley. So, I've talked about Invincible on the show many a times. I finally finished it. I finally finished Compendium 3. 144 issues. Dang it. Is it good? Okay, so if you remember, Aaron, back in the day, I read the first 12 issues, kind of fell off for a bit. I enjoyed those first 12 issues um, and eventually came back to it, and then I just sped run through the entire thing. Like I basically went from like issue 20 to issue 144. That's a long run. I, I know people, it's hard to think about that, but the Compendiums are huge. I mean, it's... It's a long story, and it's it's a really impressive story by Robert Kirkman. That's what he does with, you know, his story with his comics. A lot of times they will go for a very long time. I know The Walking Dead went for 100 plus issues as well. So really, really enjoyed it. I've, I I kind of debated before the show whether I wanted to talk about spoilers, uh, and I don't think I do, just because I think the TV show is going to do a lot of the storylines, and I don't want to ruin anything. So. I just want to say that if you, if you have any doubt whatsoever, and this is coming from someone who's been reading comics for a long time and someone who also put off reading Invincible for a long time, even though I knew that it was popular among people who I respected and, and valued their opinion, I still put it off. Do not put it off. Read it before you watch it on the, TV, on, on the Amazon Prime TV show because it is a great story. Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley, I think, and, you know, Corey Walker, of course, is in there every once in a while, but Ryan Otley really mans the ship for most of the series, and it's beautiful. So, cannot recommend Invincible, the TV, or, excuse me, not the TV series, although I do recommend the TV series, the, the comic. Highly recommend just going through and reading all of it. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our newsletter segment. If you would like to send a question in the show, we hope that you do. You can send it to us uh, via Twitter, or you can use the hashtag... Ask Oblivion Bar. We usually put like a thread out or, or one of those things there. You can send us a direct message on Instagram at the Oblivion Bar, or you can send us a question through our Discord community, which if you are wanting to join our Discord community, you can find it on all of our socials. So this week, Aaron, we have two questions. Well, actually, both from two good friends of the show. Our first one being from Greg Licktag. He is a Patreon contributor, and he's also a co-host of the First Issue Club. 
And he asked, with Nick Spencer leaving Spider-Man, who, who would you like to see write the new, the updated version of The Amazing Spider-Man? Aaron, I know you don't really... Or do you have someone that you would love to see write Spider-Man? Because I think I have my answer. Write or draw? Write. Okay. No, I can't say that I really... I mean, it, I, I know Daniel Warren Johnson, he writes some of his stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to take on that kind of undertaking. Because that, yeah. you know, The Amazing Spider-Man is a monthly book. So he would have to... And I know that if, if he wrote it, he probably would want to draw it. And he, his art is so integral that I don't think that it, it would be this able to be true. done. You know, very true. N- not to say that he couldn't do it. You know, it's just I think it would be tough for him. So I'll defer to you then. OK, I, I would say, actually, I said it on Twitter earlier, which is funny that Greg sent us in. My pick would be Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor has written. Uh, he wrote the Injustice series. He wrote uh, Deceased. He wrote he actually wrote a really great Spider-Man story already called Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is a really warm, just like fun Spider-Man story. It's like I want to say it's like eight issues, maybe nine issues. Um, really good. If you have not checked out Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, highly recommend that. He's also writing maybe the best book in comics right now, which is Nightwing over at DC. So Tom Taylor would easily be my choice. And, and actually, I, it's funny that Greg, again, asked this question because Marvel has been teasing a Tom Taylor-driven Spider-Man story with Venom, but I don't know that it's Amazing Spider-Man. I think that they are, they're still waiting to see because Nick Spencer won't be done until September. So he's you know still plenty of time for him to to figure that out. So thank you, Greg, for that question. We appreciate you sending that in and being a Patreon member. We appreciate that. Up next, we have another question here from Shane from the Good Game Guys pod, which you had been on talking about all things Mass Effect. And I, that was a great Love episode, it. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Shane asked here, I, I'm sorry, also Shane, thank you so much for being a Patreon member as well. He is also a Patreon member. So thank Hell you. Hell yeah. Yes. Aaron, would you rather uh, exist in the Pitch Black universe or the A Quiet Place universe? Pitch Black. Why? Well, those creatures are not nocturnal from mm-hmm. a quiet place. So pretty much you got you know, you can't be quiet. I'm not a quiet person. I'm a tank. <laughs> I'm not very I'm not very subtle. I don't wa- I don't I don't ever sneak. I'm not sneaky. Yeah. So it would be much safer for me to be like, okay, I am going to be a day person. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I would probably prefer to also be in the Pitch Black universe for the same reasons. I, I think the, the whole noise thing really throws me off because I can't be quiet for very long. Like, I'm not like a loud person per se, but I would make a noise. You know, I'd be the one to like hit something. Uh, well, here's the thing also. I wouldn't want to live in a world without my dog, Toby. And he is a very loud creature. <laughs> so he would get us killed within 10 minutes of us being in the quiet place world. So, so yeah. Thank you so much, Shane. We appreciate that question. <laughs> Uh, if you ever want, again, if you ever want to send a question in the show, we hope that you do. Hashtag Ask Oblivion Bar. So, Aaron, what do you think? I mean, I think that's probably good for episode 42. I don't think it's good. I don't think we should do anything that's just good. I think it's great, man. It's great. You know, it's, it's great. great. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead and take us out of episode 42 here? All right. So, uh, <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to our podcast apple podcast do you love that i'm just i do love it it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> um subscribe to our podcast apple podcast stitcher spotify google podcast amazon music and iHeartRadio. join our patreon community because we love our patrons that's uh, right patreon.com forward slash oblivion bar pod not saying we don't listen to, we don't love all of our listeners we yes love we do all of you yeah but we love our patrons just a little bit more <laughs> Just Thank that you. little bit more. Thank you to our patrons, and that's Travis, that's Shane. 
<laughs> uh, we have Greg. We Greg. have Haley. Oh, yep, Haley. We got my sister, Katie. We yeah. have my mom, <laughs> Christy. Mm -hmm. We have Sebastian. That's it. Ah, man, great! a great group of individuals. What a great line. group. I'll let them fight it out. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thank you to our patrons for being a huge part of our family. Uh, like us on Facebook at forward slash Oblivion Bar Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Oblivion Bar Pod. Follow us on Instagram at The Oblivion Bar. You can find the official merch of our show at linkapp.com. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Okay, linkapp.com. <laughs> I just saw the wheels turning in your head slowly there for Oblivion a second. Oblivion Bar Pod. Yeah, I, I, I broke for a second. Something, <laughs> something went awry. Did you just have a stroke? I think I did. Look for the nerdies.com icon. I just went like, huh? Oh. <laughs> Thank you to Kevin Ziegler for all of our Oblivion Bar art. He's at the Zig Zone on Instagram. Thank you, Southbound Beretta, for all of our Oblivion Bar themes. Thank you, DJ Skyvac, for all of our grid themes. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Fantasy Shop, for sponsoring the show. And last but not least... Don't forget to tip your bartenders. <laughs> Or I will swallow your souls. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Yeah, don't you. forget to tip your bartenders. And as Chris likes to say, 20% or more, or you're a cheap piece of shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All righty. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Oblivion Bar Podcast. We will see you next week for episode 43. Yes.